All right, let me hit start. Welcome to MZBC, the podcast for February the... 16th. 16th, 16th, 2023. Uh, we lost one of our compadres tonight. He, um, Mike, as Mike likes to refer to it as, he's out chasing the bag, working overtime, so... I'm quoting him. You're, uh, <laughs> you're quoting him, oh yeah, from, from his uh, original chasing the bag um, oh, examples. I got a cat, hang tight. So Emmanuel is... Emmanuel is working tonight, so he's not joining us. So me and Mike are coming to you live from our various locations across the South Metro Atlanta area. Um, thanks to, again to Rico Davis for joining us last week. I thought that um, it was a good conversation and um, it was a good, I liked catching up with him. We've already caught up on the golf course, but um, I just liked that he was uh, able to talk about all the things we experienced together and in church and um now that we're back reunited um so that's pretty cool so grateful for him for doing that so rico thank you for that um i told mike he's before passionate. we jump say again he's passionate he's super passionate bro um and so that's when every time i would be on the golf course i wasn't joking last week and he would say like man i love what i do i love what i do i'm like I, no doubt i believe you bro like i believe you he almost made me feel guilty for not saying i love what i do enough so um Trying to be, I told you so last week, I'm trying to be better about that. Um, but I told Mike before we started that it's been a kind of a chill week, so uh, not a lot's going on in, um, in, the, in the pastor world. Good, th good news uh, with a couple of members and new members joining uh, soon and um, baptisms, but um, those are huge things. But um, So that's been, I haven't had any stress, really? No stress week, I guess we could say. Um, and that is not the story for a lot of people, and so I always feel... Um, I won't say indifferent. I mean, I guess that's a word you could use. But when 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 good things are happening around you and you see other things happening in other people's life, it's like um, I don't know because you you see makes like, what you makes you more good stuff. <laughs> what makes you different? Yeah. Well, yeah, that. And then like, what makes me different? Why am I not experiencing that? Um, because I don't know. Sometimes you feel like you're loving Jesus and serving Jesus and doing these things. And then other moments, it's like you could do so much more or should be so much more invested, um, even if it's emotionally or spiritually or mentally, I think. Um, I'm good at the physical stuff, like uh, make, doing things like physical labor and, and, and doing certain things. But putting my heart into things and like really being passionate about them, that's a, everything that I have that, that, that I do that is all God driven because I, I know my own personality by now after 45 years of living with me. Um, I don't get passionate. I don't get like all the way into things. I kind of get excited when they first start and then kind of fizzle yeah. off. And then, uh, my endurance and my follow through with stuff isn't always the best. So, um, been seeing God persevere, help me persevere through a bunch of those things and continue to provide for me and, um, push me along the way. So just, it's been a good week. And so I, the, I was, don't, say again? Don't, uh, a lot of people, I guess have the feeling if if when they receive Christ and the Holy Spirit and get salvation and if it's not a constant hard hitting force and on cloud nine all the time they they think they may have gone off course mm -hmm. or went astray or what did I do to scare him off? Well, it's it wasn't like it for me when when I when I received it. Mm -hmm. uh, man. Honestly, it's very rare that I'm I'm on cloud nine, just him and myself. But really, when he when I get that utopia feeling is when I talk to other people about it. Yeah, and it's like they get it or they're interested in it, or you get to pray with them. <clears throat> I guess that's the conduit then, because now you're being used by him, and mm -hmm. I mean that's enough. Yeah, I mean, for me, that's that's plenty for me. For sure, it's always a uh, jolt of energy whenever you you get out of your comfort zone, or even for you, it's almost a comfort zone now. But and start talking about um, 
God and life and things to people. It really does inspire you. Uh, I've said before, like, because I'm a selfish person and we all have our selfish tendencies. We were talking about this a couple of weeks ago. I think the thing that we're the most selfish with is our time, at least for the people that were in that room that were having this discussion. It's really hard to give up of your time because you're, um, you're for me, I'm a pastor, a father, a, a friend, you know, a neighbor, all these things, and um, trying to balance those things um, with the adult, with kids that are growing up, you know, about to graduate, um, is is very delicate situation. Like just trying to make sure you don't spend too much time in one or the other, and you're doing what God called you to do. And so that's where that's 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 what I find myself um, letting God. One of one of the biggest things that that they 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 tell you right up front and you might remember this when you go back, go back to college or continue college or whichever mm-hmm. the case may be is time management. Mm-hmm. They really drive that home because in, and it's a good thing they do because you better learn to manage it. <laughs> yeah. And, and, it, and time management is really hard if you're not, intentional about managing it and that i do i mean i struggle in that i mean if you know me there's no way for me to beat around the bush and say i might struggle with that if people work with me and around me they know i do because i get distracted with um not silly things but i will get distracted with like the next thing like we're working on this or focused on that and then i'll go to it and then whatever we were talking about the day before that needed to be finished up or whatnot you know i'll think about it but at a total totally later time. And so, yeah, time management is huge. And uh, I was saying that I, you walk away inspired. And so I, it's Jesus that makes me keep going to do things because I'm so selfish with my time. And so when you wake up on a Thursday morning and you have the opportunity to go speak at FCA, you, I should just be super excited about that and like ready to go do it and, and whatever. But because you're, I'm selfish with my time, there's always this feeling of, uh, you know, like, kind of like I have to go do it and not like I get to go do it. Not every time, but sometimes. And But after I go do it, it's like the most um, rejuvenating thing from my spirit. Like, it's so cool. The Man, way I'm God... glad I went and did that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no doubt. And then I feel guilty forever, like even thinking about not going and do it. Or... And then next week, there's like, crap, is it that time again? <laughs> yep, you know it. Absolutely. That's just my personality and I know it. And um, I'm thankful that Jesus accepted me, <laughs> accepts me the way I am, because that's that's it. No matter what I try to do different, that's he's in he's in the job of recycling. Yeah, <laughs> that's right, right. And so that um, has been in, in in me a lot lately. So yeah, just those type of things. Uh, church life is going well. Um, where everything is, uh, we're we're at a stage where um, growth is. A, a very small numerical like that that's happening but it's small but i think spiritually you see uh, people stretching the limits of their um, willingness to serve and be and do and let jesus just kind of use them so that's been cool to see um mm-hmm. e- even in i saw i have a um family member that is a sister-in-law that um, volunteered to be the youth pastor um for their church youth pastor that's not the word youth director for their church and um, even sitting back and watching God work through her has been really cool lately. Uh, they post a bunch of pictures and stuff. And so I, I have these uh, friends that are just around different places and God is doing these really cool things and uh, you see it happening and all this. And so just trying to stay positive, keep going with it, let God do his thing and manage. Um, like I said last week, I think self expectations that I put on myself, but just manage um, what we're doing here, because you want to you want to do it all, right? Because you want to do it for the glory of God, and so you're bouncing around doing a bunch of different things. And time management, gets back to your point, um, becomes mm-hmm. really hard because you're trying to do yeah. so many things. And so you and understand it, that it, as a business a owner, certain certain schedule through the week, you can pretty much hone in on managing your time. Mm-hmm. But if one or two things happen during that week and it throws your whole schedule off, it's like all right, what do I do now? I'm, I'm lost. <laughs> yeah, I told, I said the statement earlier. Um, I don't know why God keeps letting it rain on Fridays. Like it's the, tomorrow, I think will be like the fourth Friday in a row that it's rained. And mm-hmm. anybody that knows me know that most Fridays are golfing Fridays. And so 
been a dry season uh, on the golf course. Haven't got out there in a minute. And uh, Olivia said, well, maybe God's trying to teach you something. And I'm like, what? What, what, what can he be teaching me by shutting down the golf courses on Friday? So you guys pray for me. Maybe God will reveal whatever he's trying to teach me through making it rain every Friday. It's definitely been wet, for sure. <laughs> Uh, we we hung around a little bit after the podcast ended last week, Eman and Mike and myself, and we got into a small discussion about um, the Super Bowl that was coming up and kind of just talking about um, the world and what the world we live in and how people get so excited for such things as the Super Bowl and different things and um, how, you know, religious things or even anything God-related or things of that nature um, – are, are, we have to, we're persuading people with all we have. And so that was just an interesting conversation. We probably stayed on for like 20 more minutes. Mike, was there anything from that convo that you wanted to bring back up or did you want to just leave it where we left it? Yeah, it's just ranting. And <laughs> again, you know, I'm not against any sports. It's just, I just, I don't, I don't watch them. I'm not a sports person. Yeah. I, and but, a surprise. We but something talking... I didn't, I did notice, uh, Monday went to work and I was like, wow, this is awesome. There is no traffic on the road this morning. <laughs> and then later, later that evening when I got home, I asked Haley, I was like, I wonder in the history of humanity, how many people have called into work on a Monday because church was just so strenuous the day before. <laughs> No one. I wonder how many. Well, I mean, unfair comparison. Super Bowl game on Sunday. You know, millions of people are calling in on Monday. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. Same thing with same thing with the national championship game when it's in college and and the World Series or whatever. Yeah, it's just like sports are a thing that people get caught up in for sure. I'm those people. I get caught up in them just as much. Um, Yeah, it's a and then you get caught. It's a hard discussion because you don't want to come. I don't want, I keep trying to say you don't, and, and I'm putting it on you, but I don't want to come across as someone that's judgmental of those type things. Like whatever you is your passion, let it be your passion. That's cool, whatever. Um, and, and involve um, their need, uh, helping people see how much we do need Jesus and God in our life to even become closely remotely what he created us to be is is hard because it's like uh, you were we were saying before we jumped on um you had mentioned a commercial that was saying um i think the yeah. catchphrase was like he sees yeah. us or, or, he or something us. he gets us he, he gets, gets us yeah. um and i had seen a couple of those commercials and we talked about it uh i i think um yeah you have to promote like that's the whoever's doing that whatever group it is i don't know who it is or whatever using their platform to promote christ and um, try to let people see that uh, the need for him, but it comes across kind of, um, I guess the kids today would say kind of cringy, like it. Um, and so we were bringing up the, um, like when you're driving in North Georgia, if you drive ever in North Georgia, you see these big signs that talk about repentance and hell is real and Jesus saves, and they just have these really wild signs, um, which all of them are true probably, like what they say on them. But what that does for you, it, it's just also, I think I would describe it as cringy. And so there's like this, I don't know, it's just a weird dynamic where. I just Googled it. I mean, it, it's all over. Yeah. All over the news. Yeah. I mean, the news covered this stuff. Yeah, for sure. And so I told Mike that I, I, I see people doing that and trying to promote that. And that's not me. I can't do it that way. Because even me as a Christian um, that is sold out to Jesus and I love him and believe him and and trying to get other people to, um, you know, see the need for him in their life also. It makes me feel a certain type of way, so I don't know how that would make someone that's not living for God or even looking for God feel. Um, I like the technique or the um, approach of, like, the show The Chosen that is depicting the Bible um, pretty close to what it was. Like you said before, there's gaps they've had to fill in, some of the storylines that the Bible doesn't allude to, but they didn't change anything that was, you know, Jesus, biblical, biblical, anything like that. It was just like uh, fishing stories and 
<clears throat> other things like that. And so I like that approach because that just tells the truth. And then the scripture even says, like, the Holy Spirit is the one that's going to convict and going to change and going to have the influence and all these things. And so I, I, it's just an interesting to talk about. I think it's interesting. And then to think about how does it make you feel as a Christian when you see those things? Um, what, what do you, you saw them before. What do you think when you see them? Well, that's probably along the same lines of how we get different denominations in the world. And I don't, I never really understood why we had different denominations. And uh, I've gotten to, conversations with people and they're like well what are you i was like what are you talking about what am i <laughs> i'm a christian <laughs> it's like i'm i'm a christian i said i follow jesus christ and i promote his words <laughs> he goes no but what church do you go to i said well if you want to see what kind of a church building i go to with a name on it it's baptist you know I said, but if you if you are concerned about what the Bible says, the only time religion is spoken of is when Jesus is denouncing the religious leaders. Mm. He said that religious leaders, religious leaders, and he was putting woes on them and rebuking them, not because they were the religious leaders, but because they were not following, they were not practicing what they preach, mm -hmm. so to speak. And I'm like, it doesn't matter to me it, if you're Catholic or Lutheran or Pentecostal. The Pentecostal to me, I call the mosh pit church. I used to go to those. They, they get, they get, I was like, man, that's, that's something wrong with these people. Hey, I'm telling recently. If you, want, if you want some entertainment, not to laugh at them, but just entertainment in general, go to a Pentecostal church. I mean, they, if they are, full of the Holy Spirit and, you know, tongues of fire, that would be the people. <laughs> hey, um, you, you don't know this because you don't look on TikTok. But, uh, Haley may have seen this, but there's a ton of videos of uh, Pentecostal churches and they remix them to like hip hop songs. And those and the people yeah. are like dancing and they look like they're right on beat with what's going on. Uh, hey, uh, they're, they're in the spirit, whatever they're doing. Um, they're, they're, they're feeling it. So, uh, yeah. I've been to one church. I went and visited a friend. It was a, I forgot the name, like the word of God, I believe. Uh, and I was like, I don't even know what town of church this is. So while we were sitting there, I Googled it. And I was like, uh-oh. Yeah. <laughs> I may have stepped into one of these bus pits. Uh, but it, it was completely opposite of like a Pentecostal church. They were they were like a sermon that we would have at our church building. Mm. Just, you know, there was no humming and, you know, jumping yeah. and doing backflips. It's all just, I mean, it's just different cultures, different people do it different ways. Because if you went, if you grew up in a culture where that was the norm, then it wouldn't seem as strange. Um, and so... I mean, if you think about it, if they're like, well... And they and this is in the book and said that I've been reading these past few weeks and Jehovah's Witness is considered a cult. Now I don't know the true definition of cult. You know I'm not saying like um, mm -hmm. um, Charles Manson. You know cult like that, but they it's classified as a cult. So now those people they have just completely different view of the gospel than like a, a Christian would have. Mm -hmm. But to me, I could care less what denomination you want to attach your name to, because in the end, we're all going to be judged by one God and one Jesus. And we're all led by one spirit. And it's the Holy spirit. Yeah. I don't know. Um... He doesn't kind of, well, I'm going over here and seeing this religious group, so I got to put these clothes on so they'll accept me. Well, when I go over here to talk to this religious group, I got to put these clothes on so they'll accept me and listen to me. He's not concerned about that. He don't care. He's, coming to all of He's not coming to a specific denomination or a specific group. <laughs> He's coming to the human race. 
Agreed. I was going to say, I don't know enough church history to even give a defense for why it's all uh, broken down. I know originally, back in the day, back in the day, it was just to break away from, like, uh, the Roman Catholic Church and, you know, that type of thing. Protestant, you know, the separation there and all this. But why is it broken down in the United States to so many different things? Why is there so many different denominations? And, um I don't know. And there's so many stereotypes about so many different denominations. It just creates a, a whole nother set of um, things for people to judge other, pe- other yeah, people. Yeah, and it, <laughs> instead of becoming a, a Christian group, it becomes a clique or a sect, as Paul puts it all the time, a sect. Mm. Uh, like the Pharisees was a sect. The Sadducees was a sect. But the two groups together made the Sanhedrin, which was... Uh, they made sure everybody was following the law. Mm-hmm. They were like the governing religious government. But me, I, I don't care. It's like, I mean, it, it, within our church body, we have, uh, I know one guy for sure used to be in the Catholic. I'm not going to say the other Catholic word because I can't pronounce it. My tongue's too fat. <laughs> uh, you might. Yeah, I mean, it. we have, um, we definitely have people that go to Mount Zion now that some grew up Catholic uh, for sure, um, and some are from other countries, and so they're 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 di- re- totally different religions, you know, and not other different than Jesus and you know him being our savior, but just different ways to worship. And so, yeah, I don't get caught up in all that either. Um, it's just too many, too much. I, if you believe that the Bible is the word of God, if you believe that Jesus has died for your sins. He's the Son of God, um, you know, and that He will return one day to judge. Then I'm okay with it. Um, you're on. You're on the right path. You're going, you're going, you're going, going the right way. Yeah, yeah. Um, so other than that, um, yes. Yeah, something so this, I did read. I've I've gotten into habit now. I've, I've got these little sticky notes here. Okay. Okay. That's what I keep glancing at. When I run across a a, a quote that's interesting, I write it down. Oh yeah. And probably to go along with what we're saying. It says there, and this is what I read last night. There are two kinds of people in the end. Funny how that always says there's two types of people. (laughs) Those who say to God, thy will be done. And those to whom God says in the end, thy will be done. And that's C.S. Lewis. And it was basically that quote comes from a study in heaven and hell. Hmm. So it's like, well, I believe this. Well, as long as that belief is in Jesus Christ, rock on with it. Mm-hmm. You know, just because you don't you don't accept him the way that I did, but we both got him. That's fine with me. What What happens with the um, like that commercial you saw? I think you were saying um, some people dug deeper and were like finding out who the group was behind it and all these different things, yeah. and maybe it wasn't on the. Uh, I don't know, whatever, it wasn't something we would be a part of, but, and so that's what happens, it gets into all that, and so, who knows, and I think that's why we, it's been so interesting uh, lately, being in the book of Daniel, talking about the end of times, and um, just thinking about the spiritual battles that are going on in this world, that how small and, you know, how how, how small we are in the whole scheme of things, and um, just trusting God through the whole thing seems ludicrous to some people. And like, why would you just not go out and live your life and do what you want to do? And then, then it's over one day. Um, it, it's just a, it's a journey. Like <laughs> we're all on and, and you're ba- and you're always balancing because this world is so uh, different and so chaotic. And there are people that are, it's like the same thing people have been battling for centuries. They're, there are really good people that don't believe truth and it's like why like i don't get it and then there are really bad people that believe everything and it's like i don't know it's just a messed up place you know it's i'm thankful that it's not our home that uh, one day jesus will return uh, if i was invested in this place as much as some people i'd be let down a lot and it would uh be rough. and i'm along the lines with you is i'm not going to force it down nobody's throat now, the people that are, you know, the people standing on the sidewalk with blowhorns and holding mm-hmm. up the signs mm-hmm. and screaming at people, it's like, now nah, y'all might need to get run over. <laughs> you 
Now, I might knock on it. Like, if we were going around prayer walking and, and stuff like that, if that was something that God led us to do again, we've done it before. And, you know, someone were to, we were to cross across past someone and we, we talked, of course, that would work its way into the conversation. But, yeah, I'm not going to stand on the corner unless God clearly tells me to, uh, that kind of thing. I just I always try to think about how, if someone approached me this way, how would I respond to it? And um, the billboards, the commercials, the... Uh, even like on the in the morning, I listen to a local radio station, a sports station, and they have um, the gentleman that ends everything. It's like something about Brian Wright speaking right from his heart, and he is saying like really good things that trying to get people pointed towards Jesus. I know it, I hear it, but uh, it's just something about the way he says it, and it being on the radio every day. I try to think about that from the view of someone that doesn't know the Lord. What would they? How do they see it? And how could we, I, I want to make sure we're not sounding like that kind of <laughs> picture of the scripture that says you sound like clanging cymbals. I don't want to come <laughs> across to people, two people in the podcast, in my preaching, in my teaching, um, at the high school, anywhere as a clanging cymbal. You know, I want it to be real and impactful for people's lives. So I, I think that's what we're doing. And so hopefully that's, that's what's coming across. And I was trying to find the verse to back it up. God's not going to force his way he's not going to come to your door and kick your door in and force his way in you have to freely accept him mm -hmm. i mean we could go go all the way back to to genesis and i mean we could spend you know a couple of weeks like in genesis one two and three because a lot of people would say well you know if if god is you know, God, and he's full of love and mercy, and he loves everybody, and he gave his son. Um, why did he kick Adam and Eve out? It's like, well, they, they broke the law. They broke the rule. It's like, you can have all of this, but you can't have that. And then they might rebuttal with, well, well why did he put that one tree in there? Because, because he gave us a free will. Because if he didn't put something in the garden one thing in the garden he said you can have it all it's all good i made it enjoy it well what choice do you have so he had to put something in there to say you can have all that but you can't have that and it's like okay well now i have my own free choice i can either accept it or not <clears throat> and, and going on from there and and i was talking to uh, the guy down in Newton, I was bringing that up. It's like, even in the beginning, when, when Adam and Eve committed the sin, they rebelled against God. Rebel to me seems kind of a, a really strong word. It, it's, that's what they did. They rebelled, but they chose not to listen to God. Mm -hmm. You know, it sounds like a you know, hell's angels or something. You know, what kind of rebel? It's like it's, it's not that kind of rebellion. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, mm -hmm. uh, but it's like even though he banished them, his his first creations, his first creature, his humans, his first humans, not his first creatures. Uh, even though he banished them and kicked them out, he still took care of them. He didn't just kick them out and say, all right, good luck. He, he made the first sacrifice for them. And even then, it said there, without the shedding of blood, there's no forgiveness of sins. Mm -hmm. So he killed an animal, which represented the blood. He's covering their sins. And then he took the skin from the animal and covered them to have their nakedness. And it's like, even though he kicked them out, he loved them. It broke his heart. He's like, but you can't stay here. But I'm not just throwing you out there to the wolves. Because I know what's out there. Because now, now all of the, everything that I kicked out of heaven, Satan, Lucifer, and all, you know, I think he said a third of the angels. Well, he's down here now. So I know what's out there. But I'm still going to take care of him. And, and what a lot of people don't realize is all through the Bible, you know, the Old Testament is like, 
you know, you, you messed up. I love you. You come back to me, I forgive you. You turn your back on me. I send judgment on you. You come back to me, I forgive you. You turn your back on me. I mean, all through the Bible, all through the Bible. And the prophets that God's spirit was on, Daniel, since you are in Daniel, um, he was one of the few, him and his three buddies. And all through the Bible, and all of them died for God. And then here comes Jesus on the scene. It's like, well, we're waiting on them side. The promise, the promised king of Israel is like, here I am. <laughs> like, no, no, you're not a warrior king. It's like, oh, but I am a king. And even then, when Jesus, when God set those rules in Genesis, his own son had to go by. Said he had to be the firstborn male. Jesus was what? God's first son. He had to be without blemish, without defect, you know, and he had to shed his blood. He did all that, right? Jesus was not obsolete from God's rules. And today it's like, I love you. I'm still here. I'm still with you. Turn back to me. Come back to me. I'll make it right. Mm -hmm. I'll reconcile my own creation back to me by my own blood, even though I didn't mess up. You did, but I'm going to take the, I'm going to take the heat for it. And I thought of ways to, to try to put that in today's terms. And I, you know, I'll just be sitting around thinking about it or laying in the bed. It's like, if I were giving this in a message, how would I, how would I relate that, what God does to us today? And something I come up with and just like a rough draft in my mind, <laughs> I'm like, it would be like this. You are in debt, financial debt. And I'm like, I'm going to wipe away all of your debt with my money. And while I'm wiping away all your debt and you're watching on your phone, okay, credit card balance zero, you know, mortgage, second liens, third liens, zeros. And while they're all going zero here, you're on another phone ordering stuff offline, going right back in debt. <laughs> but I'm still taking care of your debt. I'm going to take care of it for you. No questions asked. Yeah, that example works. That example works. And so, and that is the, so somewhere in that message, it, the goodness of God is and Jesus is and and you and I have both experienced that and that is what drives us to try to get someone else to see that goodness but there is just something that happens somewhere along the way where uh, religion and Jesus just got this um, something per, this something personified on them and um, and it made it I don't know it just makes it different and um, to rubs people the wrong way and you come across people um, sense it as you're judging them if you even try to um, bring it up or um, you know not agreeing with their lifestyle or stuff like that and and I just would I just want it to be I want to be genuine and uh, in, in however long God uses me in this position and I want everyone that is a part of us to be just genuine in all that we do because I've heard too many stories of um ex-religious um, leaders, um, not necessarily in this church, but uh, that were affiliated with this church through different mission groups and different things that were uh, would just turn people off towards the church just by the way they acted and conducted themselves mm -hmm. and, and different things. And, and that has happened a lot. The big thing is comments that they make. Yeah. <laughs> stuff that they would put online. And, and, and I don't think it's not Jesus turning them off to himself. It's the representative, of course, that turns them away. Oh yeah, oh yeah, no doubt. I mean, Jesus is, yeah. And the thing is, they're not trying to go against what Jesus wanted them to do, but they have just taken it to such a place where Jesus told them to told the Pharisees and the Sadducees uh, to go hang out with the the sinners, and they mm -hmm. gave him a hard time when he was hanging out with them and all those type things. And and we are still called to do that. 
and like I said a couple sermons ago, we're not called to do that if we're getting sucked into their world mindset or whatever, but we're there to show them uh, our worldview and, and what we, how God wants to work in their life. And if we're, where are you getting persuaded, I guess, was the thing there. And so we want to, I always want to um, uh, continue that and not ever appear that I have it all together or I'm too good for anyone or that their lifestyle is so beneath mine that that I can't even fathom that they're doing whatever they're doing because my lifestyle was the same at some point as the raunchiest person's lifestyle and the you know sinful lifestyle um, before Jesus ever intersected my life. And so uh, I've been there, done that. And so I, I know that Jesus can redeem the dirtiest of souls. And so I always want to keep... That helps me stay humble. It helps me stay... Um, driven, it helps me stay grounded, all those things, because um, I never want to be judgmental or come across to somebody that I have it all together and turn them away from the God that you just so did such a well, good job explaining how Jesus came in as the Savior and, and why from the Garden of Eden we were just given free will and continue to choose poorly to this day like basically yeah. that's what you just said um from the time of the garden of eden we're given free will and o over and over and over through the bible people have chosen to go against god and still to this day evident by the sin in our life uh, we still make that choice um some of us not as frequent as others but every one of us still make that choice so it's just kind of wild yeah and I was looking it up while we were talking, and just going back a few verses in 1525, it says, but this happened so that the statement written in their scripture, now when it says their scripture, he's talking about the Pharisees, you know, in the scrolls. Then it was a scroll. It wasn't a book like we have now. It says, might be fulfilled. They hated me for no reason. This guy shows up. He's healing people making the blind see, the deaf to hear, the mute to speak, and the crippled to walk. And they're like, no, we got to kill this guy. He's doing good work. He's bringing hope into this place. What they were concerned about is he's taking our power and our prestige away from us. We're not the center of attention. Mm -hmm. That's what they were focused on. And like on a... <laughs> this, this, I'm saying I'm too old to use this term on like a low key um, way we do the same exact thing like we don't want to give up our power of like I was saying earlier I don't want to give up the power I have over my time like I, I control my time I, I decide how who I use it on when I use it and really God's laughing at that thought process because <laughs> and, then, and then I would ask you is like what time do you own yeah yeah that's what yeah that exactly my point and so yeah, God just laughs at that. And so I think we, we on the sly, we hold on to those things, just as you just said, and, um, and, and, and try to do our own thing. And such is life. And so I'm thankful. It, it, it encourages me also that God knows that. He knew that before we realized that. Like, I'm 45 years old. I'm just now understanding certain aspects about my life and trying to um, grow and still become what God wants me to be. God knew this from way back here like what he knew that on this day i would be sitting here and i would done have done the things i've done and thought the way i thought and and he looks past those and can still use us for magnificent things for his glory so that's uh, a really cool thing about god and even if we do walk with with christ on a daily basis and you know we read and we study and we do you know podcast and we we try to make the most of every opportunity when we get, uh, we still have wrong thoughts. Mm -hmm. We'll still, you know, we'll still slip up and say stuff we shouldn't say, uh, you know, do actions we shouldn't do. It's like, well, you need to go over here and talk with these people. It's like, all right, you know, we'll go over and talk to that group of people. Well, it's on Saturday. It's like, <laughs> And we, and we kind of reschedule like during the week sometime. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I know. Uh, so we, we still do it. And a, a friend asked me one time, 
because he said he he used to his denomination was Baptist, then he went to a different denomination, and he asked me a question, and the way I answered it is just what I've always heard, and it was naturally it was about the can you lose salvation, mm. and I was like, well, no. He goes, well, that's where we we beg to differ. And one, I thought it was an interesting question. And we we've all been asked that question. And again, I gave him the answer that I always heard. I didn't actually look it up for myself. But another thing I liked about it is we had a different view on it, but we weren't denouncing each other. Mm-hmm. You know, we mm-hmm. didn't turn against each other. I was like, I, I really, I really like that. We could have different viewpoints, but we're still brothers and we're still friends and we still work together. Yeah, that's a, uh, that, that's a lost art, the art of being able to disagree. <clears throat> and, you know, and we didn't get, you know, all huffy and puffy and my view is the view and his view is the view. And it's, it's nothing like that. Uh, but it was really interesting and, and I still haven't looked up much on salvation, but if I had to guess about it without looking it up, I don't think it, it's a daily thing, you know, but I guess that's a topic for another day. <laughs> uh, the way I uh, understand it um, when, when people talk about that is um, I, I don't believe you ever lose your salvation um, you do re- lose some of the relation. I wouldn't say like I don't know how to say relationship or the um, depth of your relationship maybe with God the Father. Just as He pulled away from the people of Israel and didn't speak to them for many many years, you may go through a season of life where where sin is prevalent and disobedience is happening, and you're not going to hear clearly from God. He's gonna, you know, it's just part of the not a. I wouldn't say a punishment, but it's like not you're not going to get the benefit without um, living the life that he's calling you to live. And so that's my understanding. Mm-hmm. I was trying to find the scripture. There's a there's a um, trying to save the find the Peter. I don't know if it's First Peter or it's one of those scriptures that I always like to to read whenever that topic comes up. Mm-hmm. Um, but I can't find it right now. No. I'm flipping through Romans and I'm over here in Romans seven talking about just sin or we'll just say the opposite of God. Uh, It's Paul talking and and I really like this because it, it really helped me understand because if you read the Bible, Paul talks a lot about the law and the sin and I'm under grace and under law and it confuses me. Mm-hmm. But this, this is how, when he wrote this to the Romans, and I'm going to be in Romans 7, verse 7, it really just, it clarified it and I could understand it. So it says, what should we say then? And this is kind of goes back to, well, how can you judge me? Or you're holier than me. And, and then I was like, well, how do you know how to speak that if you don't know what's in the Bible? Anyway, what should we say then? Is the law sin? Absolutely not. On the contrary, or the opposite. I would not have known sin if it were not for the law. For example, I would not have known what it is to covet if the law had not said, do not covet, or take what your neighbors. And sin, seizing an opportunity through the commandment, the law, produced in me coveting of every kind. For apart from the law, sin is dead. Once I was alive apart from the law, but when the commandment came, sin sprang to life. And that would go back to God saying, you can have all these trees, but don't eat of that one. Mm -hmm. Satan's like, I got my angle, I'm getting in. (laughs) And I died. The commandment that was meant for life resulted in death for me because remember the 10 commandments were for us god didn't need them for sin seizing an opportunity through the commandment deceived me it lied to me because satan is the what the father of lies and through it killed me 
spiritually killed me. So then the law is holy. The commandments are good. The Ten Commandments are good. And the commandment is holy and just and good. Because something that sticks out is a loving God can't be a truly loving and just God if he doesn't punish also. And that's something I've been learning this week. So all of this, what when I read that, and now I understood, and to put it in today's terms, is if there is a road in the speed limit, let's say there's a 20-mile stretch of road and there's no speed limit sign, you can just go as fast or slow as you want. You're not breaking the law, right? Mm-hmm. You're not breaking the speed limit because there is no speed limit. But now all of a sudden, Uncle Sam steps in and is like, no, nah, we're going to put a speed limit on there and put 70. Okay, you run down through there 65, you're good. You go down through there 80, okay, and you get pulled over. It's like, well, why'd you pull me over? You broke the law. Now you know you were sinning. You know you were breaking the law because now it's 70. It's 70 for your safety, not mine. But you decided to break it and make your own free will and your choice to break the law. Now you got to pay for it. Mm-hmm. And that's basically how I understood it is it says the commandment, do not steal. Well, Satan comes in. It's like, well, if I tempt him enough with some money, if I tempt him enough, I can get him to steal. And that's pretty much what he's saying here. He said, that's how, that's how sin works. And I got another quote here that I read. It said, sin must disguise itself as good and connect itself to the good. And so when Paul mentions all through his text and the Bible says sin has no power over us, we give sin power over us mm-hmm. because once we accept Christ and I had a hard time, hard time, like agreeing with that when I first heard it uh, several months back, it's like sin has no power over us unless we give it power, <laughs> especially if you're saved. Because in, I think it was back in uh, A New Life in Christ in Romans 6, it says, uh, what should we say then? Should we continue to end sin so that grace may multiply? Absolutely not. How can we, how can we who died to sin still live in it? Mm-hmm. So we died to it, the old self, when we accept Christ and we get baptized. Now, I'm not saying I don't sin, and and I give in to temptation all the time, but it's like, so when people like, well, the Ten Commandments are, you know, they're too hard. It's like, you think the Ten Commandments are too hard? So go read the Sermon on the Mount. <laughs> I said, ain't nobody going to live up to that. No, Jesus starts saying that. Yeah, and then Jesus, like, I got one even better. He goes, if you even hate a person you you're committing a sin it's like well man you need to you need to back down a little bit all right <laughs> the break, <pump> the break. <laughs> when, i know when he's talking about uh even if you think it in your mind then you've it's, yeah. it's the same as i'm like man yeah like stealing Guilty. or lust or or murder or if you Adultery. even call somebody a fool it's like you are in danger of the flames of hell I was like, <laughs> yeah and, and it's like I'm not saying a word. <laughs> yeah. And so I think if we can we can put all this I think together, knowing all that you just said about Jesus, and and knowing that those of us that understand um, salvation as eternal, like once you are saved, you're you're with Him forever. Um, it leads us to try to follow and do what we're trying to do, spread the word and and influence our community for good. And then you see all that's going on in the world and you see the uh, infatuation with uh, sports and this and that. I was, I, my people were picking on me Sunday, like giving me a hard time because I didn't even mean to, but I was just rattling off like different ways that we spend money and different ways that we spend time. And um, there was a study we did that said that you can see what people worship by what they spend their money and their time on. 
And I wasn't saying anything about going to concerts or going to sporting <laughs> events, but those were like the things I said. So people were giving me a, um, a hard time about, oh, I can't go to a concert now. Oh, I can't do this now. They weren't being for real, but it made me think like, no, that's not how I'm trying to come across, but it almost, I can see where they were coming from. Um, because you want to so keep from me and I like worship the bill collectors. Yeah, I, yeah, no <laughs> doubt. <laughs> uh, the the uncle said the uh, water authorities and the um, all those yeah, type people we worship them. The gas and so what that. it does for me is um, that is where the motivation comes from, and I see it, and I want to go out and let people see Jesus, and we see all the bad, and we see people just everywhere, and you don't want to rub them the wrong way, and it's just like this craziness going on and, and in the middle of all that is we're not even control in control of any of it we're just pawns in this game of chess that jesus has got going on in this world where there's spiritual warfare happening all the time and then it'll i'll read the scripture that we were uh, gonna just go over quickly tonight and it talks about exactly this because we're in that in-between time where jesus has gone to god the father it's set at the right hand of god and interceding on our behalf that there will be a time when when he returns and so we're like in this in between and jesus told his disciples last week when we read that he was going to send the holy spirit that was coming under it wasn't speaking on his own authority but only what god told them to speak of and those such things and then today he says this he says a little while and you will not see me again um, and you will see, you will not see me because I go, uh, this Where was 16, 16, 16, actually okay. 16, 16, John 16, 16, a little while you will, um, you will not see me. And again, a little while and you will see me because I go to the father. And then some of his disciples said among themselves, what is this? He says to us a little while and you will not see me. And then a little while longer and you will see me uh, because I go to the father. And they said, therefore, what is this that you say a little while? We don't know what he is saying. And now Jesus knew that they desired to ask him. And he said to them, are you inquiring among yourselves about what I said? A little while and you will not see me. And again, a little while and you will see me. Most assuredly, I say to you that you will keep and lament that the world will rejoice and you will be sorrowful that your sorrow will be turned into joy. As a woman, when she is in labor, has sorrow because her hour has come but as soon as she has given birth to the child she no longer remembers the anguish for joy that a human being has been born into the world and therefore you now have sorrow but i will see you again and your heart will rejoice and your joy no one will take from you and in that day you will ask me nothing most assuredly i say to you whatever you ask the father in my name he will give you until now you have asked nothing in my name ask and you will receive that your joy may be full. And so when we get overwhelmed by this world and what appears to not be making sense, it helps me to know that the Holy Spirit is here guiding and directing and that no matter if we are sorrowful as we lament over what we look into the world and see, um, maybe just like even more closer than that than just say in the world, in our own local community, in the schools that I go into, into the families that the lives I'm invested in that are here or either were, were here and now have moved on, you see all that and you lament with, like you, you feel that sadness with them because things are so out of control. And so it helps me knowing that, that that sorrow daily is turned into joy through, through Christ and through a relationship with him. Um, and so as Christians, that's our, that's our focus, right? Like we, we, we know we're not in control. We know we are just uh, being um, the, the servants, the, uh, the vessels that God's using. And, and, and in the meantime, we just keep going. And even when, when the doubt hits, when the fear hits, when, when all of these things hit, I just got to, you keep pushing past that and, and remembering that um, whatever sorrow, whatever we're experiencing in this world now, it's temporary that Jesus has came to, uh, renew and restore and redeem and those of us who have trusted him um, just have good victory victorious things to look forward to mm -hmm. which is easier to say than always live out it is because <laughs> it's like well that's in the future this is now you know now so. <laughs> yeah. i know and that's what well, really uh, again we were told that we're gonna have bad days yeah Yep. Nobody, but he also said when you're having bad days, you're not having them alone. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I'm there. And there's been many days and it's like, 
you know, it's like, God, did, I don't even want to talk to you right now. You know, and, and 20 minutes later, I'm still talking to them. <laughs> like, I don't like you. Yeah, you know, I don't talk to you right now. I don't do with you because yeah. this is going on in my life. But then again, when, when I, you know, woe is me, you know, I'm having a bad day. Uh, I'll find somebody to call and say, what's going on with you today? Mm-hmm. Let me mm-hmm. pray with you. I, I had the opportunity to pray with a good friend today. You know, and uh, I felt really good about it, not because I get to pray with him, but because I have the ability to pray. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I'm not ashamed to pray. You know, there's a lot of ways you can look at it. And, you know, we've been, we've been friends. We've actually been friends longer than I realized we were friends. And we're not as close as we used to be. But if, if we're out somewhere and we see each other, we're going to stop and talk. You know, we'll, we'll go out of our way to go talk to one another. Um, I was just like, I'm just thinking about them now. I was like, man, I, and, and something that stuck with me is what Pastor Chris said years ago. And, and I said, we were in a meeting one day. You know, we used to have those meetings in the morning before mm-hmm. life groups would start. I said that his dad was going through uh, Alzheimer's really bad. And it really sort of hit him real hard. And I said, I guess the way Chris said it, or it just stuck with me. And it changed the way that, that I pray for people in certain, well, all situations. And Chris said, you know, my dad's sick. He says, but don't pray for my dad to get better. He said, pray for God's will to be done in his life. Mm-hmm. And that, that, and I still remember that to this day. And, and that's what I told my friend this morning. And I said, you know, when things are going south and, and you're hurting or you're bad or you're sad or, you just, you feel like you're buried under life. You know, you want to pray for healing and reconciliation and, and to pull me, as, as David said, pull me up out of the mire, you know, the mud and the, the septic tank, so to speak. Pull me out of this crap. Um, and, and that's all well to pray for, and God is capable of doing it. But what's even more important and probably a stronger prayer is what Jesus said. He said, your will be done in my life Mm -hmm. because his will is always for your life. It's not saying, well, we'll see if you can hold out a couple more days. And if you do, then I'll help you out. And like, you know, I read that quote earlier from C.S. Lewis. It's like, We'll say to God, your will be done. And I, I told him another verse. And ironically, it was, it, I was reading the study Bible and for John 16. And it actually turned out to be Isaiah 55, uh, 11. And I marked it because I, I told my friend this morning, it's Isaiah 55, 11. It says, my word that comes from my mouth will not return to me empty, but it will accomplish what I please and will prosper in what I send it to do. Basically, it says, when I say something, the word's going to go out, it's going to get done, and it's going to come back to me. He said, it's done. Mm-hmm. It's like, good job. Okay, now go do this. <laughs> yep. And he says, I am for you and I'm not against you. That's right. That's right. And it's so important for us to remember that as we're living in this world that's not our own. So the song, I think, says pain comes at night, but joy comes in the morning. And so that's what Jesus was telling his disciples here that, yeah, you're going to well, be I sorrowful. Pain's in the morning now. So <laughs> the song's not true. <laughs> well, uh, it says, but your sorrow will be turned into joy. And then I love that he says that your joy um, ask and you shall receive your joy may be full and your joy no one will take from you and I think that's what happens sometimes in my life I let uh, the world take my joy from me and so I've been trying to focus more on my joy lately and so uh, believers uh, that are listening to me man focus on that joy don't let don't let the distractions of this world get you down focus on what God's called you to do he's sent the helper to be with you this whole time uh, you're not walking through whatever valley you're in alone and you're not on the mountaintop 
all because of you. Uh, God is working and moving and doing what he does. And so um, we're very thankful that he loves us that much. And, and so, I think it's important to say he doesn't mention happiness. <laughs> you, joy. If you guys haven't picked up on that yet, Mike likes to make that point a lot. He doesn't promise that you're going to be happy. Uh, happiness is a part of it because I'm a super happy guy. Um, but it he does, it doesn't just happen. Like he, that's that free will Mike was talking about. Um, yeah. And even sometimes in that free will, when you choose to follow, it'll let you feel some sorrow um, just to fine tune you a little more and, and, and those type of things. So God is uh, in the business of working and refining. Um, to the extreme and so well, let's go ahead and, and advertise it see if we can get some money rolling in oh yeah <laughs> mike got some mzbc the podcast mugs rolling out there uh small okay. fee for processing i think we could probably work those out for you uh so yeah. if you're interested give me a mic a text we'll shoot those out uh, to i don't think we do shipping yet so uh we'll have to we'll have to create a shipping uh, hey, enough money we'll ship it to you all right <laughs> we appreciate you guys for listening each week uh like subscribe share we've been getting a lot of support for the last couple of videos that we put out in podcasts and so we're very thankful i hope that the holy spirit is speaking through us into your life and using um, us to to encourage you and lift you up and whatever god is using you for um i pray that you don't don't stop you're right on the brink of um, turning the corner. You're right on the brink of God doing something big. And so uh, just keep practicing your faith. Keep trusting him. And as Mike said, keep praying. Prayer is so powerful. Don't doubt it. Um, pray and ask it in his name. And if it's in his will, his word promises it shall be yours. And so God bless. Uh, we'll catch up with you guys next week.